This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com and also on the radio show limited on RS1. On this episode, we're joined by truck assist Mustang driver Lee Holdsworth, who gives us a look into the Supercars BP All-Star E-Series. Chris Gillespie joins us to talk about the period of non-track racing from a sponsor's point of view. And Mark Walker joins Richard Crowell and myself for a look into the week that was. Speaking of that, let's hear from the newsmakers and listen to what they had to say. While the tracks of the world remain closed due to COVID-19, the racetracks of the virtual world are alight with some great action being raced right around the world from homes right around the world. IndyCars had their second E-Series race and our very own Scott McLaughlin took the chequered flag ahead of Penske teammate Will Power in the virtual Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama at Barber Motorsports Park. McLaughlin, who started 8th, averaged 115 mile per hour for the victory in the number 2 Shell V-Power Team Penske Chevrolet. He finished 4th in the series debut last week at Watkins Glen International. McLaughlin, very happy with the results. Look, really happy. I, uh, I actually brought in my uh, the, the IndyCar engineer that I've been working with uh, in, in the States, uh, Jonathan Duguid. So he, uh, I give him credit. He put me on an awesome strategy. And it's a bit better than me last, uh, last week. Um, I was... I was playing with the fuel myself and trying to remember the numbers as I was driving, so it was a bit easier this week. Scotty says strategy played a big part in the win. Yeah, it was crazy. I was I was particularly nervous uh, at the safety car restart, the first one uh, after the caution. Um, I had new tyres, but a lot of people didn't in front. Um, we got a pretty good restart there, and um, you know it was it was a bit chaos. The, the biggest thing as well was lap lap uh, traffic, you know, getting blocked black lap traffic. And I think that enabled us to get that jump in the pits because I was in clear air for a long time where others weren't. So, um, yeah, like I said, credit to Jonathan and his strategy. He put me out in front and put me in some clear air and I was able to just bang lap times out, uh, lap after lap, which was awesome. Thanks to IndyCar.com for the audio. F1's E-Series ran around the streets of Albert Park on the weekend and Ferrari driver Charles Leclerc took the win. Our very own Andre Heimgartner finished 15th and says he really enjoyed the experience. Just had the first E-Series race and it was pretty cool. It was action-packed. And now I get to say that I was get taken out by Jensen Button, which is pretty cool. Had some good battles there, Latifi, a few other people. Um, unfortunately, we didn't end up too good, but um, we had a few spins and obviously went off the track. So um, good fun, really good to race those guys, and not every day that you get to race them. Andre hoping to do it again sometime. The E-Series is really good, but it's very difficult sometimes to sort of judge a lot of things because you don't have that inertia in the car. Um, and the old internet, <laughs> it always lags a bit. Yeah, um, so the cars sort of move around. So it is good fun. It's really enjoyable to race here. When you get in a good battle, it's sort of as good as being in real life. So it is very strong, and um, I look forward to all the supercar stuff and maybe a Formula One again. Meanwhile, William Byron won the Food City Showdown eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series at Virtual Bristol Motor Speedway. For the second week in a row, the driver of the 24 Axalted Chevrolet dominated in the Virtual Racing Series that has replaced the NASCAR Cup Series schedule that, of course, has been paused due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Stay tuned to hear what happened to Bubba Wallace during the race. Supercars start their first E-Series race tonight and seven-time champion Jamie Wincup thinks he's a chance. Uh, I, as I said, I don't do much simulator racing, but, um, but I'm fairly competitive as well. 
So I'm hoping uh, after three or four rounds, um, I've got a little bit of pace on and can run with the, run with the young blokes. So um, I'm going to put in a proposal that we start the championship halfway through just to give the people that haven't done much simulator racing a little bit of a chance to still have a bit of a running for the championship. J-Dub praising supercars for putting the series together. I think it's a fantastic initiative. Of course, we can't jump in our, uh, our supercars and get out on the track. So what an awesome alternative to get all the whole supercar grid still racing, still competing team to team, uh, but in the, you know, the comfort of our lounge room. So fantastic initiative. I, I'm so grateful that we've got the opportunity to be able to still go racing in a time like this. But Jamie says he's not sure who might win round one. Well, I don't know much. I don't know who does what, uh, but I do know my teammate SVG. Um, he loves his simulator driving, so um, I'm, we're expecting him to be on the pace and representing the Red Bull Holden racing team. Um, I think Anton does a little bit as well, so I'm expecting him to be quite quick. Um, between those two, they, that's all I know of who's, uh, who's going to be right at the front. But as I say, hopefully halfway through the championship, I can start to get some sort of competitiveness. Uh, and if I can run it with those guys come the end of the, end of the championship, I'd be very, very happy. Round one will consist of racing at Phillip Island and Monza, a track that supercars have never visited before. And if you want to know what a lap of Monza might be like in a supercar, our very own Richard Crail commentated a lap with Jack LeBrock behind the wheel, thanks to our great friends and supporters at Truck Assist. Long straight, Bathurst gearing needed here and more than 300 k's an hour before a massive stop to the first gear Redafilo chicane. Turn one, turn two, use the curbs on the entry, maximise an exit as you head towards the Curva Grande. Easy flat through here, flowing the car like you would at Phillip Island. Fifth and then into sixth gear as the road opens up and you see the bridge and your braking point for the Variante della Roggia. Curb is used here like Adelaide's centre chicane. Get the exit right and then more flow required through the first of the two Lesmos, the right-handers at the top of the Monza circuit. The first one in third gear, grab fourth quickly and then break it back to third for the second Lesmo. Use all of the road on the exit and try and get the best run out because down the hill is a potential overtaking opportunity into the Variante Ascari chicane. It's another flat out blast at six gear before you break from 300 k's an hour at 160 metres. Third gear on entry, use the kerb on the left and then on the right and then on the left again on the exit of the Ascari. All the road used on driver's right meaning that driver's standards observer Craig Baird may have a job to do policing track limits. Another 300k blast towards the Parabolica. At 5.77k's, this is the second longest lap on the supercar's calendar. And at 195k's an hour average, it's the fastest track to this point a supercar will have ever raced. There's a flying lap of the Cathedral of Speed. To check out the vision of that lap, head to the Truck Assist Facebook page. Okay, let's get into the show. All right, joining us on the line from our Adelaide studio is Richard Crowell from the Racetalk.com. Hello, Crowley. Hello, Shebexter. I can 
safely say I'm excited because, and I haven't said this for a while, it's race week. We've actually got some motor racing to talk about. It might be of a virtual kind, but there's motor racing on, and I cannot wait to get stuck into some E-Series racing down under with the stars and fake cars of the uh, Supercars Championship. It's going to be virtually motor racing, but it will actually be motor racing. These guys will be going hard, and it's going to be great to see motor racing live from Australia finally for the last few weeks. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be good. And we've got a, a cool show coming up with uh, a couple of interesting guests and keeping our theme of, of talking about E-Series racing, but also talking about the real world and some of the issues that face motorsport during this period of shutdown. So Lee Holdsworth up shortly, but also Chris Gillespie, who's the sponsorship guru at NTI. And we've got a cool announcement about that down the road as well. But we're going to touch base with Chris about um, the repercussions for major sponsors in the sport and how they're managing this. They've all got massive investments in these race teams that they're partnered with. So I'm really looking forward to talking to Chris about that and getting an insight into um, what major backers are doing as well. We've heard from teams, we've heard from drivers, but sponsors are a huge part of the sport. So how are they managing their involvement during this period of no racing going on? Yep, and Mark Walker to join us as well. But let's get straight into it and joining us now on the line is a man who is going to be, well, one to watch, I reckon, in the E-Series supercar races. His name is Lee Holdsworth. He drives the Truck Assist Mustang in real life, and he will also drive it in the E-Series race as well. G'day, Lee. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you guys going? Oh, mate, we're fantastic. Uh, you're looking forward to the E-Series? Is it sort of a, a break from reality for a little bit? Yeah, it's about as close to reality as we can get at the moment. But... Uh... Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing some racing. You know, it's been, it feels like it's been months already. It feels like it's been six months, to be honest, uh, since we last raced. But in, in reality, we were just meant to have our last round on the weekend in Tassie. And we we weren't there, obviously. And we don't know when we're going to go back, but hopefully it's soon. But in the meantime, we'll be racing in the BP Super Supercars E-Series. And um, I guess the, the thing with our sport is we're fortunate enough to be able to uh, simulate something that's very close to the real thing. We're, we're in a driving seat. We've got steering wheel pedals. Um, you know, all the same principles of, apply for us. We've got to pick our braking markers, hit the apexes, uh, and, and obviously the concentration level is very high as well. So there's so many things that we can that that we have developed as race drivers that you can implement into uh, into the online racing series as well. Lee, what's your background in esports in sim racing? Do you spend much time on the sim normally, or is this something you've had to dive into now? This has cropped up. Well, I think I'm probably the same as most people with kids. I used to spend a lot more time on the sim before I had kids, and uh, yeah, they don't they don't seem to understand that that's daddy's rate, uh, daddy's work now. <laughs> they still think it's a game, and you know, can't understand why they can't jump jump on every time I jump on. So. Uh, I, I have done a fair bit of racing. Um, yeah, we used to race. It used to be Shane, myself, Scotty, my brother, uh, and a few other drivers that would get on every now and then and, and have some battles and awesome fun. Um, it was a good way to warm up for, for a race meeting, but also it, it's a it's the probably the best tool for learning new circuits. You know, you can't get anything uh, that's that's closer than or, or any other form of training for a new circuit than, than racing on iRacing or another form of um, software. The racing you used to do with the boys, was that on a, a Tuesday night against other 
sort of virtual races? Uh, it used to be pretty much every night. <laughs> we were we used to, my wife, you know, Alana used to know once once eight o'clock came around, I was gone for the next two or three hours. And uh, and we used, you know, we'd race in uh, the GT series most of the time. But um, since then, they've come a long way with the supercar and, and the way that the dynamics work on, on that now. So our racing have done, done a fantastic job with the, with the GT Mustang um, and, and also the ZB Holden as well. So they're very, very close now with the grip levels and the way that you drive them and feed the throttle on and hit the brake and everything and um, the aero balance. So, look, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really impressed with how, how far we've come with, with all this um, online stuff. And, you know, I think I always felt that it was going to go, going to take off at some point. And this whole pandemic that's that's going on right now has really boosted it and and pushed that whole re, uh, reality racing thing forward um so yeah it's 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 pretty big it's always been big but it's going to be even bigger now so philip island you know you've done thousands and thousands of laps there over the years but what about monza i mean never in your wildest dreams would you ever think you'd take a supercar to monza it's just not something that was going to happen <laughs> But we're going there. It's the second race in this opening round of the eSports series. I mean, supercar, Monza, what are going to be the keys to that place? Straight line speed's going to be one, obviously. And I did some quick maths earlier today, and it's the average speed's close to 200 k's an hour around that joint. So it is going to be flat out. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a wicked little circle. We've been doing a lot of practice there for preparation for tomorrow night and um, it's one of the best tracks in the world, in my opinion. And, you know, I've only driven there on, on the computer, but uh, it, it's, yeah, there's going to be, it, it's really cool for racing. You've got big braking zones. You've got very high speed um, flowing corners that lead onto those, um, into the, the a, a few big sort of uh, hairpin chicane type things. And um, so they're, they're the best tracks for racing, you know, and at ones where you can slipstream each other, but also have a big lunge into the corners as well. So I think we'll see a lot of, a lot of passing at that one and, and some pack racing. Um, Phillip Island on the, on the other hand is it's just such a high speed circuit. A couple of, uh, a couple of passing opportunities at, at turn four and an MG, um, but, but probably better at Monza, I reckon. But that's the beauty of this, of this online e-series you can you can take a supercar to any track in the world the, your favorite tracks and we're going to be doing some pretty special tracks throughout the year mate you had a uh, test i think all the drivers it was sort of like a dress rehearsal i suppose last night how did that all go for everyone oh look we had a, a few teething issues uh, but you know that was to be ex- expected and uh they've ironed out the bugs now they've said and, and tomorrow night i think that we'll see some really professional uh, online racing and and you know Fox KO um, and a few others are playing it Twitch um, you're going to see it live so it's going to be fantastic and you know to have Jess Yates and Neil Crompton and I think it's Matty White as well um, commentating our, our series is going to be it'll it'll feel like the real thing to the punters I think and um, you know we're going to have interviews or through the discord um, system that we're using on the headphones so yeah it's as close as it gets so i, I think it'll be fantastic that now that we uh we'll get it all together lee i saw your name watching the arg 
uh, stuff the other night online. I'm pretty sure it was you. Anyway, it might have been someone. Yeah, yeah I saw you too. <laughs> Good. Uh, they had some issues, obviously, with the internet and things just running slow. Is that going to be expected for your guys? Uh, look, I, I think that if supercars, I'm sure they probably linked into that one to have a look at what, what was going on. And we certainly don't want that to happen. I think that super high-speed internet is, is required and it looked like that they may have had a few issues there with, with the internet speed. Um, we, we certainly don't want that to happen. And um, I've seen from the IndyCar, the way that that's run, it's it's completely professional. You don't see cars dropping out much or, um, uh, you know, the frame rate's very quick mm. and that sort of thing. So, And also the commentary was fantastic in IndyCar. So I, I think if we can learn something from that, then um, we, we can, yeah, we'll take a leaf out of that book and we'll be looking good. Uh, we should just talk a little bit about real world racing while we've got you, Lee, um, a round and a half in the books in the Real World Virgin Australia Supercars Championship. Looked like a pretty solid Adelaide start for you, and we haven't spoken to you since then. So just go back and, and touch on round one on the streets of Adelaide and how things were feeling at Albert Park before that all got canned. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, to be honest, it was a really frustrating round, uh, as well as the test day in the lead-up, because, and that was the problem, because the test day was so close to Adelaide. If you had a problem at the test day, it sort of, continued on into the Adelaide weekend and we hadn't we didn't have it sorted until Sunday um, fortunately we turned the car around on Sunday and, and we had a speedy machine so just had a couple of niggling issues with with setup before that um, a few things weren't right and yeah finally got on top of it there so I knew that Sunday once we well Saturday night we found the problem and I knew that Sunday was going to be strong so rolled out and you know we were quick in qualifying we were quick in the race and then that led on to, to Albert Park as well. Um, we had a fairly speedy car there, but um, just a couple of tune-up things. I didn't completely put the laps together, but still to, to qualify in the top 10 was really promising. So it's, it was looking like it was going to be a really strong year this year. And I'm sure that, you know, once we get back into it, we'll be really solid in the truck assist Mustang. But yeah, I, I just want that to happen sooner rather than later. I think, you know, health and, and everyone's well-being is, is at the fore front of everyone's mind but um yeah just want to get through this whole thing and get back to real racing uh, and some changes in tickford obviously notably from a driver perspective have you noticed any difference in the way that the team's operating engineers things like that with with chas moving out and new people coming in uh i oh, look you know us four as drivers we we work really well together um and we worked well with chas as well he had a, a bit of his own setup path going on, um, you know, which is well, which was well publicised um, since he was there. So, but but now we've we've certainly got four cars on the same page, um, and 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 I think that it's a good environment. I'm really enjoying Jack being there, and he's a great addition to the team. I love having Cam and Will there as well. Just the, uh, I, I think the 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 mix of youth and, and experience is, is a really good uh, thing for Tickford. And, and I think it'll push us harder and harder every round. I think we'll, we'll see some uh, big improvements this year. The life of a motor racing driver is never straightforward on a daily basis. You've got sponsor engagements, you head down to the, the, uh, the garage to, to look at the car meetings, all that sort of stuff. That's taken a whole different level. Hasn't it, in the last couple of weeks, how does a day in the life of Lee Holdsworth look now? 
<laughs> well, it's, it's probably like most people, you know, in, in isolation, you just have to get some kind of uh, routine going. And so the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning uh, is, is go down to my gym and my garage and, and pump out a session either on the weights or on the, on the bike, on, on the Zwift. And, um, and just get, you know, spend as much time in there as I can before, um, before getting back to, you know, back in the house and being trapped in the, you know, there the whole day with the kids and, and everything like that, because those guys are, are going nuts at the moment. So, you know, back in the house and, and trying to keep the kids entertained with games and uh, schoolwork and that sort of thing. And, and then, um, obviously I put a bit of time into this E-series as well. So I spend a bit of time on the simulator, but apart from that, um, you know, that's probably about it. It's probably as boring as it gets, as it gets for, for most people. Uh, let's just look ahead in this E-series stuff. And you mentioned before the opportunity to race on some stuff that you'd never consider taking a supercar. Um, we're going oval racing in supercars for the first time. Have you put any thought towards <laughs> what Daytona is going to be like? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I haven't done any, uh, any oval racing in a supercar. That's for sure. I've done a little bit in, in the Indy cars and in the NASCARs, but, um, yeah, I'll tell you what, our cars are going to be very, very difficult to drive around an oval. So we'll see some major, major bust ups. Um, yeah, I, I saw that, uh, Bubba Wallace got in a fair bit of trouble <laughs> last night or whenever they had a race and um, I think that it lost a sponsor. So I need to look after truck assist. I'll probably turn my mic on mute because <laughs> there'll be a lot of swearing <laughs> going on. And um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, we, we obviously take it very seriously, but um, yeah, the, he, he obviously took it a little too far, but I think on those ovals, there's going to be a lot of swearing going on. Well, we've, we've got Chris Gillespie from NTI coming on the show when we finish talking to you. So we'll just oh, load him up. We'll, we'll let him know that it's going to be all right and he shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't need to pull his sponsorship up. Uh, I think they'll need a few truck. A few cars will need a bit of truck assist while we're, while he's parked on the side of the road. Surely that's a perfect opportunity for someone to enlist Marcus Ambrose for one round of the E-Series, isn't it? Absolutely. And I know that he does a lot of sim racing as well. So... He's been right into it for quite some time. So no doubt they'll be on the blower trying to get him to come into Watermere Games. And I'm sure he'll be keen. Uh, Last one for me. I mean, Van Gisbergen's obviously a gun at this and McLaughlin's going really well in IndyCar racing, E-Series stuff recently. Great win on the weekend. Are they the two you're looking at as being the guys to beat? Which, to be honest, doesn't seem too much different from your usual day at the office. But any others that spring to mind that are going to be properly good at this simulator thing? Uh, yeah, I, I think you're going to see a fair mix at the front, to be honest, because it's very hard to be consistent on the game and, you know, you can get taken out pretty easily or, or loop it on cold tyres and that sort of thing. But yeah, like you say, Scotty, Shane, Anton, uh, I think even forward is quite good on there. Uh, Waters, um, there's, there's a lot of names that, that are all up the top in, in our series that'll be at the top in this series. So, um, you know, I hope to mix it up with, with some of those guys. And um, I think that the older racers, um, like myself and Will, um, although we, Older. although we're, we're probably, we're probably not on the, on the sim too often, I think we'll go all right. So, um, 
yeah, anyway, we'll wait and see. I think, well, you know, like, like in the real, in the real world, you've got to keep your head cool and, and us experienced guys can do that. So we'll, we'll charge through to the end, hopefully with no damage. Jim, as I got waxed for calling you one of the older riders last time I spoke to you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, mate. I, well, no, you called me, you actually called me the oldest. The oldest, driver. I did too. Yeah, well, that, that wasn't actually, good. <laughs> no, and I apologise for that again. Uh, Rick Kelly, who is also <laughs> in that group, is he probably one not to watch? <laughs> Uh, no, I'd definitely be watching him because he'll be doing he'll be doing a lot of smashing and um, running around the back of the field, probably looping it. You know, you can hit those curbs and you can actually roll it. So he'll probably be rolling a few times. But I saw he, anyone that runs a fluffy steering wheel is not going to be in the front. And I saw that's what he's running. Hey, mate, we've thanks. seen on going, sorry, Shabex. Well, last one we've seen on Will Davo's uh, social media a bit of. Oh, maybe marital discord, perhaps. Oh, yeah. and not too happy about the simulator <laughs> creeping into the house again. How's things at home with you? Everything all right? No, all good, all good. I think most people have got them set up in their in their living rooms. So, yeah, they they create a fair bit of um, interruption for the for the television time. But for me, mine's way out in the garage, so I can lock myself away and no one cares. Um, but yeah, no, nah, all good, all good. I think it keeps us in a happy marriage, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, you've got to have you've got to have a a hobby, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Especially in these times, you know, you yeah. you need to have something to to have your your getaway. And and the funny thing is, when I play the sim, I feel like I've actually been away out of the house. So it, it's um it's your getaway, and and it and it and it puts you in a better frame of mind when you come back into the house. Good on you, mate. Thank you for joining us. As always, really appreciate it. And uh, with our association with Truck Assist, we look forward to keeping in touch with you throughout the year. Enjoy the first of the E-Series races, and we wish you all the best. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Grousey. Cheers, boys. Lee Holdsworth joining us here on The Grid. Crowsey, as uh, the On The Grid podcast is obviously powered by the Race Talk, we know that Truck Assist is also powered by NTI and representing the company to have a chat to us as our sponsor again in 2020. We say day to Chris Gillespie. How are you, Chris? Good to be back. How are you, mate? Mate, fantastic. Once again, thank you so much for uh, coming on board and being involved with On The Grid and the theracetalk.com. Uh, thank you for having me, and uh, it's fantastic to have uh, to have NTI and and uh, all of our uh, all of our brands involved across Truck Assist, Yellow Cover, and uh, Marine Protect involved with uh, with uh, the podcast, and uh, and also jumping back on board with the race talk. Yeah, we're going to ramp things up as the year goes on. Some cool content planned. Um, how's life as a, a major supercar sponsor during a period of no major supercar racing? Interesting times for everybody, unprecedented times, but. How's NTI and, and your suite of brands managing this process and how this is all unfolding? Yeah, it's, it's really interested, uh, uh, Richard. The, uh, obviously, there's no, there's no business as usual at the moment. And we're, you know, our, first, our first commitment was to support our, our customers as coming into this. And, and obviously, we're uh, uh, Australia's largest transport logistics insurer. So you can imagine road transport and freight is pretty busy at the moment. And we're just here to support our customers, ones who might be coming into a bit of trouble. So that was our first concern coming into this. And then obviously we've got a lot of partners that do business with us across our you know, repairers and, and truck dealers and 
and uh, and then obviously with the commitment to supercars and a number of teams, are, are, they're, they're also our partners. We don't just see them as sponsorships by any stretch, and and uh, that's why we had to um, obviously have a good look at what we we're up to. And it's 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 difficult times, but we've we've basically said to to supercars and all of our um, partners at Tickford and Matt Stone and Walkinshaw and United that we're here for the long haul, and and uh, we're just going to sit and wait and see. So let's just, for starters, run through your involvement because your NTI as a whole is a series sponsor of supercars, but you've got the Truck Assist Winton Super 400 event as well, which is scheduled for the June long weekend. We still don't know what, what's going on there as far as the schedule goes. Um, and then just run us through your team commitments as well because, and we've joked about this off air, you've got about a third of the field this year, mate. Yes, well, it wasn't it wasn't exactly... Uh, uh, Plan to be like that, uh, Richard. But uh, Tickford Racing was a, was our first announcement and, and a multi-year deal there supporting Lee Holdsworth and and the uh, the Truck Assist uh, Mustang, which was fantastic to announce that quite early. We announced that at Newcastle, and then uh, the partnerships with Walkinshaw and Judy United and Matstone Racing was was uh, both came about just through the B two B opportunities, which is exactly why the sport has got such a, a strong. Uh, proposition in market and probably doesn't sometimes realise that and I think that's what will hold it up in, in the future and uh, Walkinshaw and Judy United we do a lot of work with their automotive business and, and, and obviously Ryan Walkinshaw has made no uh, no darkness about what's going on there so uh, that's that's been a big involvement there with uh, the HSV brand and then on the Matt Stone Racing a number of their partners we're doing work with as well so that's how those both came about so they're the best type of sponsorships when you can have a, a lot of business tied to them so that's how they came about um, and, and we're very excited to have that and then obviously with the uh, with supercars themselves through the Truck Assist Super 400, as well as being the official uh, truck insurance and roadside uh, assist partner for uh, for supercars themselves at an NTI brand level. Because for a sponsor, it's all about exposure and, and getting your uh, your brand out there and people seeing that. You must be absolutely wrapped with the way that this uh, supercars BPE series has come together and how that will look on the TV for the people watching it and how your brand gets associated with that. Yeah, that's that's true, Shebex. We've got um, uh, one big part of why we're why we're in supercars is just the particular brand awareness and, and getting those logos on TV and with our core market and our target market, and that's absolutely working. Which is why we've ramped up our investment over the last two years into the sport. So that's a great thing to continue that during E series, which no other sport can provide. And even though um, business obviously done on the track is not happening at the moment because we're not attending a race track, we're still uh, doing. Uh, Zoom meetings and and, uh, and and that sort of stuff, and Google Hangouts and all those things, talking to partners and talking to different different people we can be do, doing business with, and, and that's still happening in the background. So uh, we understand times are tough and we're sensitive to that and, and making sure that we can support businesses. But it's also a chance just to say, hey, um, as a partner of, uh, of this team or a partner of Supercars, we're here to, to, to do business with you, but to help you through these tough times too. So it's been really, uh, really positive with most of the discussions that, uh, that we've been having. And uh, yeah, certainly the brand awareness has continued to drive our, uh, uh, drive our brand uh, portfolio has been great. What, what's the vibe in team land from the teams you support? You mentioned them before, Tickford, WAU, MSR, about where they're at. Uh, are they staying in touch with you and vice versa throughout this about managing their way through this period of not actually being in business essentially, which is what everyone finds themselves in. Um, what's the collaborative process like at the moment with the guys that you're partnered with? Yeah, I think E-Series has given them a lot to be hopeful for and, and certainly their commercial teams are fully engaged. But um, as you've seen in, in most of the media, that's I'm not giving away any secrets, most of the racing operations of all those teams have, have had to take some, some enforced leave and, and are spending a lot of April um, away from the workshop, which which we can understand. But the good thing talking to most of them this week has been that they're already starting to plan 
uh, what the post-Easter uh, sort of period looks like. But, um, you know, we're not, uh, whilst we're talking a lot of positivity today about our sponsorship investment in, in, in the sport, uh, we know it's times are tough. So, yes, the teams have had to had to spend some time uh, away from the workshops and enforcing some leave and looking at ways to keep their cost structures uh, right. But I think commercially, uh, there's been a huge amount of engagement with the E-Series. So all their commercial teams, I'm sure if you spoke to them, the, the mechanics might be a bit quiet, but their commercial teams are running hot at the moment, which is good. We've seen a lot of uh, initiatives coming out of supercars teams as well, Chris, with uh, ventilators and masks and, and all that sort of stuff being made by different teams and Cool Drive coming in to help with transport around Australia. Must be also proud to be involved with a, a sport that has had such a, an impact on, on this whole uh, situation. Yeah, it was really nice, Rebecca, to be able to um, show our business and a lot of our people, um, a heap of them are big supercar fans now. And even if they weren't before, they've certainly got into it. But uh, they were all, our whole business was really uh, pleased to see that going on because that just shows you um, what it means to have some very smart people who can manufacture and bring ideas to life very fast. And that sort of innovation is what we need to be portraying to the, the big wide world outside of supercars to show what we can do. Um, and that's something that we've been hugely supportive of um, as a as a brand in terms of what they've been doing. Chris, for those that aren't aware, just give us your, your motor racing background because obviously you're involved as a sponsor with NTI, but you're obviously a race fan as well. You understand the game, you know and love the people in it. So what's your racing background? Where did it all start for you? Yeah, Rich, um, of, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, like a lot of us, I was sort of born into it. My uh, my father's been involved with, uh, with with motorsport for a very long time, and that's how I grew up at a racetrack to some extent. But, you know, a, a bit like you, you two uh, lovely gents, you've got a really keen motorsport interest outside of just supercars. But, um, you know, my um, short career around sponsorship over the last 15 years has, has been able to touch AFL and NRL and, and supercars, and, and probably supercars has been the one that's, that's rung true through all of my different... Uh, adventures in the, in the corporate world so it's been really nice to be able to bring a, a personal passion uh, into something that, uh, that can that bring a lot of business uh, results to, to, to different organizations that I've been involved with so yeah that's uh, it's very cool and yeah your old man and yourself I think two of the busiest blokes in the paddock when it comes to sponsorship um, before we let you go we should talk about what's to come this week and the racetalk.com will be part of this and we're very excited about it so Following each round of the BP Supercars All-Star E-Series, we'll be running a live show via Facebook on the Truck Assist Facebook page and the Race Talk Facebook page, catching up with some of the NTI-supported drivers after each round. So this is going to give fans a cool opportunity to go inside these racing car drivers and find out who tore up who. And if Chaz and Lee Holdsworth have come together, we can get them together in the same room electronically and uh, have a bit of a debrief. So this is going to be a cool thing. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, Crowley, and, and obviously having you involved is fantastic, man. I, I got a bit of a sneak peek at one of the first videos with your uh, your love, lovely tones uh, commentating, and, and that was fantastic. So I think uh, the fans and and, uh, and everyone that listens uh, listens to you and Shebek are going to have, have a bit of fun with that. It's not every day, Shebekste, you can voice a lap of Monza in a supercar, no. which is kind of cool. So keep an eye on the social channels for that. It's very, very cool. Certainly will. Hey, Chris, thank you so much, mate. Once again, uh, for your involvement with us for the remainder of 2020 and hopefully beyond. And all the best to everyone at your business and uh, keep safe uh, through these trying times. Thanks a lot, Chebex. Thanks, thanks again, Richard. Cheers. Chris Gillespie joining us here on The Grid.
Krause. We're joined by Mark Walker, of course, from the race talk as well, uh, up there in his Brisbane studio. G'day, Mark. Quebec's Krause, a long wait. It's nearly over. The off-season's nearly through. We're nearly back to fake racing, and I, for one, absolutely cannot wait for it. It's going to be fantastic. How, I'm how seriously good. pumped. This is big. You know, legitimately, I had nothing to live for, and now this is something great. But what got me over the line was the teaser supercars put out. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, Neil Crompton commentating just adds a certain something to a broadcast. And Neil Crompton commentating virtual supercars is just a great thing. How good was that little bit of television they pumped out with these guys tearing each other up at Monza and Crompo bashing the rev limiter? It's the glue that is going to keep this society together, Richard. It's, it's just going to keep us going through this. We'll, we'll all stay inside. We'll all wash our hands just so we can see Crompo next Wednesday night. I yeah. love it. It's seriously good, though, Shebex. And we should touch on the fact this Supercars E-Series, they're going all out with this. Jesse Yates will host it. Matt White will call with Neil, friend of the show and Power Rankings fan. Chad Nalon will be in virtual pit lane as well, bringing some updates. And they've got some uh, eSports callers in there as well to help out with that kind of stuff. So this is going to be a terrific thing. And it really is a level playing field. We heard from Lee Holdsworth before in the show that anyone could win this. This is as wide open as it gets. And the the virtual Commodore that Shane Van Gisbergen driving is exactly the same as the virtual Mustang that Lee Holdsworth is driving. So this is absolutely wide open. Anyone can win, which should promote some pretty tasty motor racing, I would have thought. Yeah. It's definitely exciting to the extent that we uh, keep looking at the, the younger guys and believe that they're probably the ones that are going to be the dangers in this series. But I think guys like Lee Holdsworth, Shane Van Gisbergen, some of the older blokes who have been doing this for a long, long time as well, are really the ones that we probably should be watching, Mark. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, they've all got various levels of experience. It is a bit of a, a skill set that's slightly different. I mean, if you're not used to the simulator, it does take a bit of time to get used to. And some of these guys have spent the last 10 years glued to their sims. So guys like Scotty McLaughlin, Anton's been at it forever, Shane Van Gisberg. And I mean, these guys, they're so experienced with it. The ones to look out for, Rick Kelly. How's he going to go with his Noah's Ark of a sim? Nah, like it's no going, good. He had to treat it for termites. Now, we should, <laughs> we should talk about this because there have been varying, varying approaches in building simulators for the E-Series. And we should mention, for those that aren't aware, this is 25 full-time supercar drivers are doing this. And a lot of them didn't have simulator rigs set up. So there's been some interesting approaches to it. A lot have gone out and got the full kit Will Davison's in strife with the missus because he's got this amazing crate, this beautiful simulator set up in the living room, and it's not it's not good at all. Apparently, if you look at Rihanna's uh, social media, which is all very funny. Um, but Rick Kelly's got his what four year old now, Mark? I think maybe. Uh, um, and they've knocked together a timber frame. He's got a deck chair and an old Logitech steering wheel with a fluffy steering wheel cover on it, like he's a ninety five year old granddad driving his Toyota Corona down into work. It's just it's brilliant. I don't know how Rick's going to go, but um, I would laugh so hard if he jags a podium at some point. But those, those social media posts with Rico, that is Rico. That is legit, 100% Rico. He is such fantastic value. If everyone knew the real Rick Kelly and he just carries on like this all the time, just absolutely taking the mickey out of life, he is really good value. So it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully he's just slow and stays at the back and he'll just Bradbury his way through to the front. I think that's his big chance. Probably his only chance. 
hundred percent. Like he's got no other chance at all. No, he, he went and did all those GT Academy things with uh, Nismo back in the day. I'm surprised he didn't pick up a bit uh, from that over time. But um, look, what can you say about the bloke? He's uh, 2006 champion, and that was 14 years ago when they didn't really have simulators. And uh, hello to Rico, if you're listening. Um, the, the, thing ah! is, <laughs> the thing with this is, though, is that you don't need to have a $15,000 sim rig to be competitive because even even on the weekend, we saw the IndyCar race, which was streamed on and shown on NBSN, NBCSN in the States with Lee Diffie and Townsend Bell and Paul Tracy calling it. And they crossed to Sebastian Bourdais at the end and he had a decent Fanatec wheel, but on his office desk with his office chair and Connor Daly has been doing it with an old Logitech steering wheel in his basement. So you can have a great big sim rig, but you don't necessarily need it to be competitive. So just the varying approaches of how people are gearing up to this, I think is very, very cool. Well, you look at the NASCAR side of things. The first week you had Danny Hamlin win in an absolute spaceship. Like this thing had a roll cage. Like he was destined to blast this thing off a cliff and he would have been fine. And then the next week it was won by Timmy Hill. Who's just an absolute backmarker, but an ace, you know, because he just doesn't have the equipment. He's uh, in a daggy old five-year-old car in NASCAR's top leg. It's not competitive, but he's an absolute gun at the iRacing. He had a $300 steering wheel that he bought 12 years ago, bolted to his desk with a, a chair with wheels and his old sloppy old pedals there, and he won the bloody race. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so I don't think, you know, it's... It's all right to have the big setup, but you don't need it. I mean, a lot of these guns, they don't have the gun set up and they can still get the job done if they've got the talent and they're tuned into the cars, which I think is, is more the point. It's a really good point you bring up, Mark, and I wonder whether this could launch or even relaunch some careers for some of these drivers. We see a guy who's normally at the back of the field, as you mentioned, with Tim Hill, but in equal equipment, we can see he can drive as well as any other driver. I wonder whether this is an opportunity for teams to see the skill of some of these guys in equal equipment and we might see some team changes next year. Oh, 100%, especially in the NASCAR circuit, because there's a lot of the older generation drivers. There'll be five or six drivers off contract at the end of the year that won't find their way back. So some of these up-and-coming drivers, they're out there trying to put their name out there. And it's great for their sponsors as well, because this thing's being broadcast on network television over there in the States. So all the, the sponsors on these backmarket cars are out there getting some serious airtime. Uh, one of them on the weekend there... Bubba Wallace, he picked up some new sponsorship, uh, except he was the first retirement in the Bristol race due to rage quit, which is a new excuse there on the uh, results sheet. But uh, he upped and out. He was on live on Twitch, streamed ever. That's it. I've had a gut ball, stormed off. And he got fired by a sponsor who were apparently in the background talking to Richard Petty Motorsports to sponsor their real car in real life. So there were repercussions there for carrying on like a pork chop in the virtual world. So you know, I, I don't think there's space, you know, it should be serious. Like, it's fun, but by the same token, don't uh, treat it like a joke. So hopefully everyone on the supercar side uh, plays the game and, and takes it serious for what it's worth. Have fun, like have a bit of banter, that's all good. But, uh, you know, you're putting on a show for the crowd, so don't make a deal out of yourself. Well, and we've seen, boys, in the States, the ratings for the NASCAR and the IndyCar stuff have been outstanding. And the Supercars E-Series is going to be broadcast on Fox Sports. It'll be live on KO, the streaming service. It'll be live on 10 Play, so the free-to-air network as well, um, plus Twit, plus Facebook, plus all their various internet streams. So, I mean, this 
there's an irony in that this has the potential to be one of the more viewed supercar races of the year, which is a remarkable thing given just it's on more platforms. Supercars aren't on Facebook Live usually because of the exclusive rights that Fox Sports have got. So supercars have a million people on their Facebook page. So Mm. there's an enormous potential here for exposure. And we've spoken about it seriously in the last couple of weeks for the sponsors. And we spoke about it to Chris Gillespie from NTI and Truck Assist on the show 15 minutes ago about how it's important for these sponsors to get this visibility that they're not getting by going racing in real life. So this is a legitimately important thing. So you'd, you'd imagine they're all going to take this seriously. Yeah, no doubt about and that. And on that, so, sorry, Shebex, so ARG there had their first go and they had their big first impression, but they just had so many technical glitches and it absolutely wigged out and blew up in their face. So, Supercars, they've got one first chance to make this impression to get these new viewers across the line and tuned in for the next 10 weeks. So hopefully they've done the, uh, the test run, the dry run there before it's gone to air. So hopefully they've got all the, all the little glitches ironed out. I suppose, yeah, guys, and... also, I was just going to say, Richard, in regards to 2021, if this is a massive thing this year in this break, will we see this sort of stuff done in between racing? So we could have basic supercar racing nearly every week, whether they're on the track or E-Series. Yeah, I mean, sure. And, and especially in an off-season as well, that's where this could be particularly valuable. Um, last year, supercars had their E-Series with, with I was going to say proper esports races, but the full-time supercar drivers will become those as of Wednesday night as well. But we, we've, with esports, professional esports races in supercars, and it was telecast on Fox and it did quite well. So I'd say they'll continue that, but yeah, this is an opportunity as well for the sport. Just to touch on the ARG thing, it, we need to be fair and just let people know that yes, it was a challenge. They had some, some serious broadcast issues, but they've uh, for their next round, which is Thursday night, Australian time, which is going to be uh, held at the Zolder circuit in Belgium, which I think is an interesting choice. No one really knows Zolder, which is going to be quite good fun. That'll be in the Audi RS3 TCR car. They're going to limit that to 40 cars rather than the 52 they had at Bathurst for round one, which sort of indicates there's a bandwidth issue. Australia's internet's known to be not very good, even since this massive upgrade, which seems like a massive waste of time and money. So um, I think there were some limitations that they exposed there in week one. I got my fingers crossed they get it right for week two because it's another different product with some new names. And for the challenges they had with that first round of the ARG Esports Series, it was cool to see Ash Sutton, British Touring Car Champion, competing against Dylan O'Keefe at the front of the field. So again, some different names, some different personalities involved and having a crack and getting their name out there. So it's all valuable stuff and hopefully that's something that can be built on and there's a space for space for it all. We should mention too, Scotty McLaughlin and his great win in the IndyCar E-Series on the weekend, as you said. That's a pretty special thing for him to come out in only his second E-Series race in an IndyCar and actually beat a seasoned veteran like Will Power. Well, do you know, boys, the thing I love the most about that, aside from Scotty winning, and you know, we had him on the show last week, friend of the program, he's a cool dude, um, was that it, he won that race like you'd win an IndyCar race by working with his engineer to call a hotshot strategy. And they pitted a lap before the competition caution, put new tires on and bear in mind with this sim racing stuff, new tires, clean air, it has the same outcome on a race as it does in real life. So they then just went flat out. They stopped second time on new rubber and he was able to hunt down Scott speed and win the race. So it was as lifelike as you're going to get 
to running an IndyCar race without actually doing it. But the thing I love was that he got up at quarter to three in the morning to do it. So racing on a US time zone, he was up at, at Sparrows and competed. And then he said his biggest drama between the qualifying session and the race was not falling asleep and missing the start of the race because he was having a toast. So first world dramas, but um, we've seen drivers fall asleep in their race cars sitting on the grid waiting for a race. So um, it's not an altogether unrealistic thing either. I mean, he's ticking a lot of boxes there, isn't he, Rich? He's done everything in Australian motorsport now. You couldn't ask too much more of him on these shores. Gone over there, tested, and was mighty quick. You know, you could, oh, you know, it's only testing. You can take it with a grain of salt. But just keeps reeling off little stats, doesn't he? So, I mean, he's putting his name forward and he's doing the right things. So that's really good for Scotty. It begs the question, doesn't it? And it's probably worth touching on about what happens. You know, let's assume best case scenario, we're back racing in July and they get most of the season in. But I mean, there's a real scenario that they might not get a full championship in. Does Scotty go after this year, do we think? Or because it's been a sort of half year, depending on what, and this is all could have, should have, would have, of course. But does he go? Does he stay for another year? Because this year might not be the full season that they planned. Shebex, I'm... This is just another one of these question mark items that we're all dealing with at the moment, isn't it? And it's a massive question mark. And I think the pressure that's coming on, the pressure that will come on Scott to leave at the end of this year will be the pressure that comes from him. And I think the fact Mm. that he will want to do it sooner rather than later. I think the fact that he's, and it might not seem like a proper IndyCar win, but the fact he had an IndyCar E-Series win is just going to give him that impetus and that want to do it even more so than he has in the past. So I think that, I keep talking, Siri keeps coming up my iPad, which is annoying, so I've just turned her down. Uh, especially when I say McLaughlin, she must like that. Uh, so I think that the, the, the most pressure that's going to come for him to be a part of it will be from him himself. What have you been asking Siri out of interest about Scott McLaughlin? I have no idea. She just seems to fire up when I say Scott McLaughlin. That's twice it's happened now. It's weird. You just wait. You'll be given a lot of ads for IndyCars this week. Yeah, <laughs> Google's listening. <laughs> uh, it's no look. It's cool, boys. I'm I'm excited about this E series stuff and um, what we can announce. So we we should touch on the fact that, and we we spoke to Chris Gillespie about it. That the NTI via their brands, Truck Assist and Money um, and Yellow Cover, I should say, are all on uh, the race talk again this year and on the grid. So we'll be covering that. Um, they'll be backing the power rankings. So the power rankings are going to continue on during this 10-week eSports series. And we put a poll out on our Twitter account at the Race Talk the other day, and it was unequivocal that we needed to do this. I mean, all three poll answers were, yes, you should do it. But still, everyone voted that, yes, we should do it regardless. So the power rankings, the hot or not, the crucible of what's good and what isn't in supercar rounds will be back in an electronic form. Um, we're expecting social media to play a very, very big role in this. And we think there'll be some Twitter gold. So we're looking forward to that. Um, and the power rankings will be back. So the racetalk.com, we're currently working on Fridays for the post E-series power rankings. Um, we'll try and work in some of the ARG stuff as well on the Thursday night race. So um, we're going to cover it all off on the race talk as we would if it was a stock standard supercars round. This is important. Um, it, it's meaningful racing and we're going to cover it meaningfully. So check out that uh, the power rankings will be back on the racetalk.com. And um, we're just really cool to have our great mates at NTI back for the year and sponsoring the show here. 
sponsoring the website. We've got some cool content plans as well. Um, and yeah, just to reiterate, we're going to have a special show that will be on the TRT Facebook page uh, the Thursday night after every Supercars E-Series round with NTI drivers. Um, so it could be Lee and Jack LeBrock. It could be uh, the Walkinshaw Andretti United guys, the Matt Stone guys. We could rope in some third parties as well who have been on the receiving end of a tear-up or two. Um, and we'll be going inside their sim rigs. We'll be going inside their racing, finding out their thoughts on each round and having a, a terrific look at it. So it's cool access, and that's all coming your way here on the Race Talk. And uh, some of that content will filter its way on the grid as well, Shebexter. Yeah, it certainly will, Mark. Charles, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, boys, that pretty much wraps us up for this week. Yep, I like it. Um, what we should do, Mark, I think next week as well, is a uh, you ask the questions and get some... Uh, fan-based questioning in, and we can open that up to our friends listening through the Radio Show Limited Network overseas internationally as well. Uh, your thoughts? What would you like to talk about, perhaps? Well, I mean, I wouldn't ask questions about can we mail order the Friday night beers because that's just, it's just, logistically, it's very difficult. <laughs> the, the post will spill, spill the pint. It'll just be, tor- it'll be terrible. You can, though. I've got one coming for Friday. A, Friday a pint or a slab? No, a slab. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, local craft brewery in the Brossa Valley. It's called Ren Beer. Well, Get on them on Facebook. Hey, this hang is a, on a minute. A, no, this is a free plug, and they, they have not given me anything for free. But but they are doing it where you can pick pick a carton of whatever beer they make. So you Fantastic. can have, like, they make, like, 10 different beers. So you can have one of each times two. Amazing. Maybe, 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 maybe we could actually hold a Friday night race talk beer on Zoom with all of our listeners. Get everyone to join us on Zoom. We can have a chat. I'm not convinced. Oh, I'm signed up. I'm there. I think that, that's well, easy. Well, well, we could have our listeners from England join us in. That'd be great. True. Aside from the yeah, live. So long as they're drinking beer. Yeah, exactly. We're at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's England oh, we're talking great. about. Well, and everyone's in lockdown. So who cares? Exactly. Correct. Well, no, look, in, this, <laughs> this, is, this is in. Um, my, this could make up for the fact that we can't do our beers with the race talk at supercars rounds that have been an outrageous success so you far just never know. Three attempts maybe this is the opportunity anyway keep an eye on the socials we'll, we'll talk about it could be a thing all right we certainly thanks, will boys good on you Krause. good on you mark thanks for your time guys Cheers. and thank you and thank you for your time as well we'll catch you again for another episode of on the grid very shortly